Well, good morning, church. I hope that you've had a great week. This morning, I don't have a three-step message or a standard sermon for you guys. Um, I just want to take this moment to share from my heart um, what Jesus has been teaching me and revealing to me in the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure you're all aware of um, what, has, what has happened and what has been happening um, over here and the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and the list of so many others, not just here in America but in Australia too and around the world and, and how those things have lifted the lid once again and shown us how horribly wrong we've got it. And I believe that as the church and as Christians, we can't be afraid to speak up about it. We can't be afraid to address the problem that is racism in our world. And we need to stand for the black community. We need to stand for the Aboriginal community. And we need to stand for those who, who are being treated less than others. And for so long, I feel like, I know for me, it's been something that, you know, I haven't spoken out about, but in this moment, Jesus is teaching me and he's telling me that we need to stand against injustice. That we need to stand and be the voice for the voiceless. And as the church and as Christians, we can't be scared any longer to have these conversations and to speak out against it. And why shouldn't, why should we be those people? Why should we be ones to be on the front line and to be speaking out and to be standing up for those people? The reason why we are those people and should be those people is because the person whom we follow, Jesus, was and is that person. And we see the encounters that he had in the Bible and we see him standing up against injustice. We see him be the voice for the voiceless. We read the stories where he stands in the middle of a crowd of people who think they have the right to sentence someone to death for their actions, but he stands in the middle of that crowd and he says, for those who are without sin, cast the first stone. And we see the crowd disappear and, and we see that woman's life changed. We need to be ones who speak up because that's who Jesus is. And that's who he was. And so I've had a heavy heart over these last two weeks at what has been going on around the world, but it's a heavy heart that has determined me to, to be better and to do better and to be a better follower of Jesus and to encourage others to be better and better followers of Jesus as well. The other night I was sitting at my desk and a story that happened to me last year popped up into my mind and, and I want to share that story with you this morning. I was in LA and, and I was walking down the street and I was walking down Melrose Avenue and Melrose Avenue, there's this man who, who is well known. He sits on this corner every, every day and he sells drinks out of an esky. And he's a lovely man and, and every time I've walked past him, we've had conversations and Usually I buy a drink, a can of Coke off him and, and things like that. And this one particular day I'd, I was walking down the street and I'd just been to Starbucks because 
Wildflower has not yet ventured over to America, so we have to settle for Starbucks. Tragic, I know, but um, but I had a Starbucks in my hand, and and uh, I was walking down the street, and I came across this man, and we chatted for a moment, and as I was leaving, he said, um, "Do you want a drink?" And I said, "Look, I, I'm not going to get a drink right now. I've already got one, but um, I'll be back later, and I'll get a drink later." And he looked at me, and he said, "Oh, I've heard that before." And as I was walking away, I turned around to him and I said, no, I, I promise that I'll be back. And he looked at me and he said, oh, I've, I've heard that before too. And I kind of walked away a few more steps and I turned around to him and I said, I'll prove it. I'll prove it that I'll be back later. And he looked at me and he said, I've never heard that one. And so later on that day, I, I went back and, and I said to him, I said, I told you I'd prove it. I told you I'd be back to get a drink and he kind of just looked at me and smiled and handed me a drink. And I believe that the Lord popped that story into my mind because he was telling me and teaching me that, that it's time for me to prove it to the world. For the, it's time for the church and for Christians to not just promise things or not just say things, but to actually prove it to the world that when we say we live for Jesus, when we say that we are Christians and that we follow him, that we need to prove that to them through action. How do we do that? We look at the life of Jesus. The other night I was thinking to myself, I had this moment where I kind of posted and I'd um, signed petitions and I'd, I'd called and I was sitting there and I was, I'd never felt so uninfluential or insignificant or small in, in my life. And I don't say that for a second um, with any kind of sadness or anything towards myself. I was just in this moment, I was like, I want to see change. I want to see this world change. But how do I do that? Who am I? I think like a hundred people saw my post or something like that. And I sat there and I'm like, how can I see change and be that change and it's felt the the Lord just drop into my spirit and he just said you know the best thing that you can do Joel in a moment like this is every day become more and more like me every day become more and more like Jesus and encourage others to every day become more and more like Jesus and that's what I want to do this morning as simple as that, I just want to stand here and I just want to encourage you to be more like Jesus. Because when we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And we have a world that is crying out for peace right now. And so if we can be a bit more like Him, if you can be a bit more like Him, and everyone can encounter that and take that on, then this world will know peace. But how can I be more like Jesus? Every day, how can I be more and more like Him? Well, I can study His Word and I can look at His life and I can look at encounters that He had and what He did in His life. The sermon theme, the, the message theme at the moment is a new way of living. And when I look at the life of Jesus in the Bible and I look at the encounters that He had, He was always showing people of that time and showing us a new way of living. And we're in a moment right now where we need a new way, where people need a new way of living, a new way of loving. 
And the best way for us to do that is to become more like Him, to become more like Jesus. And so we're going to go to John 4, and we're going to look at the story of the woman at the well, a story that I'm sure you are very aware of, and you've probably read it a thousand times. But if you're unaware of it, I want to set it up a little bit. And I want to say that in that moment, at this time that this story takes place, that Jewish people and Samaritan people were definitely not friends. They weren't just not friends. They didn't engage with each other. They didn't talk to each other. The Jewish people thought that they were better than the Samaritan people and the Samaritan people didn't go near them. They didn't go near each other. And so you've got to understand that in that time, that was, that was what was going on. Jewish people and Samaritan people did not engage with each other. And it says this in John 4, it says, Soon the news reached the Jewish religious leaders, known as the Pharisees, that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John. Although Jesus didn't baptize, but he had his disciples baptize the people. Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaritan territory. I want to pause there for a moment. And I want to look at verse 3. I want to go through this, this story. And as I was reading this story, I felt Jesus challenge me and convict me of things that I'd done in my life there where, where he said, if you want to be more like me, you need to do this and you need to change that. And I just want to encourage you and, and, and challenge you this morning. This week, I, I, I've been challenged to be okay with being challenged. To be okay to admit when I've got it wrong. To acknowledge those moments when I've got it wrong. And I want to challenge you this morning that we need to be people who aren't scared to put our hand up when we've got it wrong. We need to be people who are willing to, to be challenged because it's in that, in that spot and in that place that we grow. Verse 3, it says, Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea. And he said to me, he convicted me, he said, you know what, Joel, there's been times in your life where you have been in conversation and you have been in situations where you have heard what is being said and you don't agree with it and you don't believe it, but you have not left the conversation. You have stayed and you have engaged in the conversation. And he said, if you want to be more like me, then you need to leave those moments. You need to be courageous enough to be in an uncomfortable position and abruptly leave those conversations. And you might be challenged by that and convicted by that as I was. Where there's been times where you haven't necessarily spoken into those conversations, but you've been silent, but being silent and staying in those conversations is engaging and condoning in those conversations. If we want to be more like Jesus, like he did here, whatever he heard caused him to abruptly leave. He didn't stick around. He didn't get involved. He didn't engage. We need to leave those situations. We need to be okay to be uncomfortable and leave conversations and situations when we don't agree with what is being said. 
Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the, near the field that Jacob had given his son, Joseph, long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will forever be satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. Jesus said, go and get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said. For you've been married five times, and now you're living with the man who is not your husband. You have told the truth, the woman said. I want to pause again, and I want to look at this moment. We see here Jesus encountering a woman, a Samaritan woman, who was living a sinful life. She'd done the wrong thing. She was doing the wrong thing at the time. But what is Jesus showing us here? Jesus is showing us that it doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what gender you are, it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, that there is nothing that is going to stop him from encountering someone and changing their life and giving them living water. There is nothing that is going to stop him from showing love to someone. And if it doesn't stop Jesus, if Jesus can encounter this Samaritan woman as a Jewish man who was living a life that she shouldn't have been living, he called her out on the sins that she had committed. But if he can sit in that moment and show her love, why is it that there are people who follow Jesus who can't show love to someone who looks different to them or for someone who's not living the same life as them? If we want to be like Jesus, if I want to be like Jesus, I need to show love to every person. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they're from. Jesus is showing me the new way. He's showing me the way to love. We need to be people who don't let what someone looks like determine whether we're going to show them love. Whether we're going to give them Jesus. If we want to be more like Jesus, if I want to be more like Jesus, I can't let someone who's living a different life to the one I am stop me from loving them and showing Jesus to them. The woman said, continuing from 19, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the right, is the place where we must worship, which is right. Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you, don't, when you won't worship the Father on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. 
Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on in, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The woman said, this is all so confusing, but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. Now listen to this, verse 27. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. You say, so often we look at this story and we look at the woman's life who was changed and we look at the, imp- and the encounter that, that, that she had and the way Jesus changed her life. But Jesus, and I, I so often overlook this part of the story, but as I was reading this through the week, Jesus pointed this out and he was, telling, he was showing me that he was showing everyone a new way of living and that when the disciples came back, Jesus knew what was happening. He knew the disciples were going to witness this encounter. And when the disciples came back, they were stunned to see Jesus speaking with this Samaritan woman. Jesus was showing his followers. Jesus was showing his people that he wasn't going to let. He was not going to let what someone looked like or who they were or what they'd done stop him from showing love to them. The disciples were stunned that they saw Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman. But Jesus was showing them a new way to live. It says, yet none of them dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. You know, I wish someone, one of those disciples would have been brave enough to speak up and ask because I would have loved to see what Jesus said to them. I would have loved to see his response. You think this woman is not deserving of my love? You think this woman is not deserving of an encounter with me? You think this woman is not deserving of the living water that I can give? You think you guys are the only ones who deserve it? All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. Then the disciples began to insist that Jesus eat some food. They brought back from the village saying, teacher, you must eat something. But Jesus told them, don't worry about me. I've eaten a meal you don't know about. Puzzled by this, the disciples began to discuss amongst themselves. Did someone already bring him food? Where did he get his meal? Then Jesus spoke up and said, my food is to be doing the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. The encounter that Jesus had just had. And the life that Jesus had just changed was so much greater than the food that the disciples had brought back for him. And he's showing the disciples that in that moment, a new way to live. He's showing them that they don't have to only have love for their people or they don't have to only think that Jesus is there for the Jews, but he's there for everyone. If I want to be more like Jesus, and I want to see Jesus move in people's lives, then I have to check myself and I have to think when, when people encounter me 
and people have conversation with me, are they leaving thirsty? Or are they leaving that never thirsting again? Are people leaving encounters with you thirsty? If you want to be more like Jesus and we want to be more like Jesus and see him in this world and see peace and unity across this world, then we need to make sure that we're looking at the life of Jesus and we're doing what he shows us in the Bible to do. He is the example. He is the greatest example of how we should live. We're going to move into a time of worship. Again, this morning has been very simple, but challenging for me. And I want to encourage you, if that's you and you say, you know what, I want to, I want to be more like him every day. I want to stand up for those who can't stand. I want to be the voice for the voiceless. I don't want to engage in conversation where I don't agree with what's being said, but I need to leave those moments. I need to have the courage to leave those moments. And I need to stand up for what is right and be silent no longer. If that is you, then as we worship and we proclaim the name of Jesus, then I just pray that you allow yourself and you allow Jesus to reveal the moments where you've got it wrong and repent for those times and step forward into what Jesus has for you and the life that he wants you to live and have the courage to be more like him. That is my prayer for myself this week, that I would have the courage to be more like Jesus in every encounter and in every way so that when people leave encounters with me, their lives are changed. It doesn't matter who they are doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter who they love. It doesn't matter, church. We've got to be people who just show love and be Jesus to everyone. It is that time we are in that moment. We need to make the decision to prove it to the world that we are followers of Jesus. Lord God, we come before you right now. And firstly, We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the example that you set for us when you walked on this earth about how we can live more like you and how we can love more like you. Lord, I pray that we will have the courage to be you in situations, that when there are moments when we need to leave, as you left in this story, that we will leave those moments. We will be courageous enough to leave those moments that we will show love to to everyone, that we won't let what someone looks like or what they've done deter us from showing love, but we will be you in every situation and in every encounter to whoever we come across, Jesus. Reveal to us where we've got it wrong. We repent, Lord. We are sorry when we have not been your hands and feet in this world, where we have not been salt and light, where we have not shown the love of Jesus. We are sorry. And we will be people who stand. We will be the voice for the voiceless. And we'll be you, Jesus, in this world. Amen.